0: Self-care is not selfish. Self-care is how you take your power back. Love that quote. Welcome to this episode of HEAL, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of HEAL. Today, we are sitting down with Michelle Gordon, who is a registered nurse of 24 years. I can't believe that. Um, She's also a life coach, an NLP, and Reiki practitioner. Thank you so much for coming on. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy that you got up at 4 a.m. to come and chat. (laughs) so we we could have moved it down a little like another later time but this is great I'm wide awake (laughs) totally fine
1: I actually um I get up usually at just after four anyway because I I love to get up go to the gym do my thing in the morning yeah so um I just yeah it's it's all good here I am so
0: glad I appreciate the time that you took to um meet because it's two o'clock in the afternoon here so I'm I'm no you know like I've been awake since four
1: (laughs) wow yeah I've had a few podcast interviews lately and they've been early in the morning because I'm all the way over here in Australia so yeah
0: well I'm grateful so thanks again for coming on um I know that you now practice Reiki and you're a life coach Um, but you have been a nurse for a long time so can you give us some insight as to um, your life and where it all began and like where you think your journey started and give our listener just some idea as to who you are yes definitely
1: so yeah nursing for 24 years and um, more recently, so the past eight years, I've been in the emergency department, mm-hmm. which Oh, that's stressful. I think you guys call it the emergency room.
0: Yeah, we have the emergency yeah. room. Same thing. It's Yeah. The, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Same thing. So yeah. I've been in the emergency department here in Australia in a busy, I mean, they're always busy regional sort of hospital in Queensland, Australia. Mm hmm. And my nursing journey, yeah, it's been stressful at times. It's been amazing. It's been, mm-hmm. you know, such a journey for me and, and all of the different areas I've worked. However, um, coming into emergency and um, sort of starting, I guess, my emergency nursing career path kind of hit me. Like, <laughs> like a sack of potatoes
0: I can imagine yeah yeah and that is not not something that I would ever imagine I could do be a nurse I have a really good friend who is a nurse but I I don't know how you do it
1: well I have to be honest for all of my career I said I will never do emergency nursing (laughs) what happened (laughs) how did you get there did they just put you there no, so we moved to from Melbourne um, in Australia, where I had so many different hospitals around me, and um, I was working in you know multiple different tertiary big big teaching hospitals. And we moved to Queensland um, on the coast, and mm-hmm. we there's one hospital. It's very small. There's the emergency department. Mm-hmm. two operating theaters one ward um, and one obstetric ward and it there, there wasn't much for me to choose from in terms of where I can take <laughs> where I can settle down and start to
0: work um, so emergency I, was like the only option at the smaller hospital
1: it was I worked in we do have a little. Four bed HDU department. I sort of stayed in there for a little while and that wasn't my thing. I went and worked in a GP clinic and then I thought, I'm just going to have to go and do it. Like, (laughs) I'm just going to have to brave it, given that there were no options. And I still wanted to keep my clinical nursing skills up. So I ventured on in, found, you know, got a job in the emergency department and, um, I yeah started this this new journey but a couple of years later um I started to suffer burnout
0: yeah and there were I can imagine I mean emergency is 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 probably and maybe it's not where you were because it's such a small place but um and I never knew that Queensland was small is it really a small Queensland's really big that's the (laughs) problem
1: so so queensland's so big like the next hospital that we have is like an hour and a half two hours
0: away oh wow so you were busy i was thinking it's probably not right. such a big place but emergency in and of itself just seems hectic and busy and constantly on um and like almost in fight or flight problem solving mode constant
1: yeah and yeah. we don't have the facilities here to perform a lot of we don't have the specialists up where we are so a lot of our patients if they're requiring neurosurgery any cardiac stuff anything like that we have to fly them down to Brisbane which is our nearest um capital city which is it's a seven six to seven hour drive and a one hour flight so we catch people up get them you know as good as we can in most situations Mm -hmm. Um, they, they do stay with us but anything that requires any specialist intervention they've got to go out so it's yeah. it's problem solving
0: yeah yeah constant and that yeah. takes a toll doesn't it on the mind and the body and the soul yeah, yeah. and
1: I kind of wasn't used to that because i coming from Melbourne I had we had everything at our fingertips you know all of the the specialties and if there was a problem you'd ring that specialty that area that Of expertise and they'd come to visit the patient and take care so um it was a real sort of eye opener for me and a bit of like a boom like (laughs) knocked me um knocked me off my tracks for a little while and at the time I my husband had just started a new business yeah I had had a I had our little girl who's now seven years old mm-hmm. and um I had started working in the hospital before I had her and she was 10 months old and my husband wasn't getting any work like oh, Randy, no.
0: yeah yeah
1: and I just looked at him and I said well we both can't sit at home like okay. I'm gonna have to get out and start working so I started back at work, like that day I think I handed over the baby and said, (laughs) I've got to go, like we need some money, we've got to pay for our groceries, we've got two other children as well. Yeah. And I just went in and started working and I started working really hard Mm -hmm. and that's when it started to affect me not long after that.
0: Yeah. So was it the pressure of, probably it was multiple things, but can you tell, was it the pressure of being the sole provider? Was it the pressure of the three kids? Was it the pressure of supporting the whole family? Was it the pressure of the emergency room? I mean, there's a number of things we could go through here, but what yeah. was it and what started to happen when you started to crumble?
1: Yeah, so I took on that entire responsibility as my own. That I was the provider of the family, and you know, I'm a, I'm a go getter. I'm a problem solver, obviously. Right, right, right. And I was like, I'm gonna fix this. I'll go out and I'll work, and then I'll I'll do an extra shift, and then I'll do a, another extra shift, and then I'll do some night shifts, and then I'll do weekend work, and then I started mm-hmm. to see I could earn some pretty good money Um, but ultimately it was at the detriment of my own health and it was the pressure of having a small family it was the pressure of being the you know income provider at the time but also I was seeing some pretty horrible things in the emergency Right. Right. right and that started to mentally affect me I didn't I don't know I think having it having a new baby and being a new mum again I was like whoa like there's some bad things that happen out there
0: yeah.
1: and I wasn't really dealing with them yeah. yeah yeah
0: well that makes sense um and you're also sort of in survival mode at that point because you're just trying to make the money to 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 support so you're yeah. just going to keep doing and you may push away all of that crap that comes up, you know. That's right.
1: And I hadn't processed a lot of the stuff that was going on and um, in the emergency department and the sadness and, you know, the sickness, the mental health stuff, the drugs, the alcohol, there was just a lot of situations in on, on my shifts that I was right at the the front of because very quickly I started to work my way up in the emergency department and then I worked in recess the recess room which is you know where all the really sick people go that we have to um resuscitate and yeah it was in there that I was like oh my gosh I, I, you know they were bringing in little babies who had SIDs they were bring you know they were bringing in child abuse, um, little children and um, domestic violence victims and attempted suicides. And it it just like shift after shift after shift. That yeah, never it, ending. Yeah. It, the mental load just started to affect me.
0: Mm-hmm. And to cope with that, I started to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. I absolutely and, would probably do the same. Yeah. 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 I mean, go home, drink, have a couple of drinks, go to bed, come up, get, wake up, you know, face it again. Were you drinking? Can you say, were you drinking during work? No, yes. Yeah, so,
1: absolutely not. I wasn't drinking during work. I would come home and the bottle of wine would just be my go to. I'd yeah. come home, throw my bag down, go to the fridge, pour the wine. Right. And it, yeah, at first it was just, okay, this is my wind down time. <laughs> yeah. But very quickly it got out of hand and it ended up being not just one glass, it was two glasses and then three and then the whole bottle. And then I'd look for the second bottle and I did this for about two years, yeah, yeah. until um, my, I got really quite sick and I started mm. to... Realized that it was out of control and that my family were now seeing me um, trying to battle, I guess, an addiction.
0: Yeah. Right, right. I feel like you said it, you know, it lasted a couple of years, but I almost feel like that can just happen so quickly. You um, know, mm-hmm. a couple of years in the overall scheme of your career and your life is not a long time, but I feel like. I feel like it, I, it took you maybe two years to realize that it was a problem. But I feel like getting the wine and pouring the wine and becoming, you know, relaxed and chill after work with the wine, that does not take long to be like, this feels really good. And then you continue to do it day after day after yeah. day after day. And then you realize, hopefully, you realize one day that it's not the best choice for you. Yeah. I mean, never mind the physical things that alcohol can do to us but emotionally um, Mm. mentally the connection that you had with your family which is probably non-existent because you're you know too busy coping yeah (laughs) you know and no judgment I mean there's so many of us who to to do things like that to cope yeah you know
1: yeah I was numbing down everything it was just a, a way to to numb away all of the the stuff I'd seen, all of the emotions I was not really dealing with. It was just buffering them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my, yeah, I totally disconnected and started detaching from myself and oh, like my family and then right. myself. And it, it, I needed more and more and more to start to feel better because that one glass was just, not doing it right and that's what I did and like it didn't affect my work as a nurse because I'd show up yep I'd go into work and I was a hundred percent on I'd feel like rubbish but I wouldn't obviously allow that to affect me so then that pressure was there
0: too um but it was just very hidden away at home at that Mm -hmm. point hmm yeah. and and so you said at one point you said your kids your family was seeing this at what at what point did you realize that it was an issue and you needed to make a change yeah so I started to see
1: some signs I feel like it's from God or the universe someone a higher power um I started to see some signs at work and I was like huh that's kind of Okay, that was sort of a bit of a sign. And I actually saw over the course of a week or two weeks about seven different signs at work of people that would come in either um, intoxicated or um, that had alcohol issues. I had one lady come in who was um, so yellow, her skin, she was in complete liver, um, end stage liver failure. And when I looked at, and the doctors were like, oh, my gosh, she is so sick, this woman. She'd come from another regional hospital out of town to come to us to eventually be taken down to the capital capital city. And um, we all looked at her from behind the desk and it was like, boom, it was like this big kind of awakening. And even the doctors that were sitting down said, holy moly, this woman is not well. And I said, what's going on with her? And I looked up her her name, like we're sitting in front of the computer and her details mm-hmm. and she had alcoholic liver cirrhosis and she was my age.
0: Oh no. So you it. kept seeing things like this and you're yeah. wow. But yeah, you were honey. able to make a connection like oh my God, I need to stop based on all yeah. of these. And then th- oh. that's right. And then another lady came in with her two children.
1: And she was so intoxicated. Um, She was found out at a party, had been punched in the face that night. She was, you know, barely conscious. Her two little children were there with her because there was no one else to take these, these poor children home. And they were witnessing everything. And they were just too young to see what was going on. And I looked at them that night and went, oh, my gosh, like, looking through their eyes it was like watching my kids like Mm -hmm. looking at me obviously Mm -hmm. I hadn't gotten myself into that state but I was
0: heading that way I guess that's so so interesting that you were able to separate that I don't mean separate but look at that and say that could be me yeah you know because when when you're in something like this you don't necessarily always see your eyes aren't wide open um that's right yeah but you were getting these signs and someone was sending them to you that's for sure (laughs) definitely
1: and the final the final sign was the last day that I came home from work did my thing went to the fridge poured the wine sat down you know and dumped my bag down and I'd had a couple of glasses of wine at that stage and my little girl was two and a half at the time and she sort of came up to me and just stopped in front of me. She could barely even talk. She was, you know, only little. Yeah. And she grabbed my face and just stopped and just pulled, pulled my face, you know, with her little hands, grabbed my, both of my cheeks and said, Mummy, where are you? and just looked me in the eye and straight in my face. it was and as if she was looking so deep inside trying to find me.
0: I love that.
1: Oh, it still gives me goosebumps. It honestly still gives me goosebumps. And it was like that moment I was, I need to fix this. Like
0: I need to do something. Yeah. So what did you end up doing to help yourself get better? Um, I... <laughs> I had
1: went to my workplace to find if I can get some sort of work employee support mm-hmm. and I was handed a card to get some counselling but I didn't tell them obviously at that point I thought oh, I'll talk to the counsellor and see what I can do. But as soon as they handed me the card, they said, well, make sure you come in tomorrow. You'll be right for tomorrow's shift. So I, I really felt like. There was no. It was kind of like, here you go, but don't miss work. Like, right. <laughs> please right. show up. And that was a bit of a kind of
0: slap in the face because I agree. I, I was going to say kick in the teeth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was like, how can
1: you do this when you know someone's asking for help? But that was their response. So I had tried the counselling. That was not helpful. I kind of continued on for a little while as I had been doing um drinking still coping that way yeah and a few months later it was then that I went I need to do something because I was getting gastric gastrointestinal problems I was you name it it was happening I wasn't sleeping and I decided that I needed to fix myself and I needed to take myself on a healing journey I needed to do whatever I could that was possible and so I started out on my own journey I took myself through uh, a 12-month healing journey I guess it was sort of mind body
0: soul yeah all of the things that I've now created a course from it so that's fabulous can I ask you were you still working during that 12 months yeah
1: yeah wow still, still
0: full-time and all yeah,
1: yeah, wow. so I, still showing up to work. I was, the first three months were really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and I dived into my fitness, I guess, at that point. I really, it's the times where I needed to, wanted, felt like pouring that glass of wine was I would go to the gym and I'd start to train at the gym and lift weights Mm -hmm. and my husband was so helpful and so supportive because Mm -hmm. he'd he'd see me come home in a state he'd see Mm that my usual pattern was go to the fridge pour the wine and he'd just hand me my gym bag and say go just get changed and go oh that's (laughs) nice it was great
0: yeah so you went on a 12-month journey and you did this yourself, but did you did you safely wean off of alcohol? How did you handle that yeah. part of it?
1: So I didn't drink for, oh, a long time. It was probably over 12 months. Um, and I haven't had a glass of wine since. Wow. So that that's, I think, coming up five years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a long time. It is. I have had um, a beer. So in Queensland, Australia, it's quite hot here. We live on the beach and it took me a long time to be able to have that and know that I'm okay with it and it's just social. But now I can have a beer or two and just enjoy that and not need anything else and not Mm -hmm. make it be, I guess, a a way of self-medicating. So Well,
0: because what you've done was replace that behaviour, that habit that you had. coping Mm. mechanism with something else which is a little bit more healthy for you and um you don't have to turn to the numbness numbingness now you're feeling you're feeling all the things
1: (laughs) so true and and what came up for me was all of those feelings and I remember a lot of my healing took place on the beach so I would take myself to the gym, go and lift some weights there. I found that really therapeutic because it was very, it was almost like a form of meditation, right? Yes. Because you're yeah. breathing, counting, yeah. you're really yep. in. And then I would go on this beautiful one-hour beach walk on my local uh-huh. beach. Nice. And it was just the most, I cried there. I just, I allowed all of my emotions to surface there and it was such, yeah, it was a really beautiful healing
0: experience. That's so and, great. Well, the sand and the salt also are very cleansing. Oh, so, so good. Yeah. Yeah. that's so, I wish I was there. <laughs> 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 I'm lucky I, I live close to the ocean anyways, I'd say about 45 minutes, but still that's close. Um, yeah. I always find the beach very therapeutic. I can just, I just have to go and sit there for a couple of hours and I've gotten my fill and I'm good and I come home. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So what brought you to Reiki? I'm dying to know about that.
1: Yeah, so I discovered Reiki uh, 18 months ago. To, yeah. And um, I found a lovely Reiki master here um, locally. And we just connected. We were really connected. And I, during my Reiki sessions with her, I knew that there was some things in my past that I also hadn't um, addressed. So from Mm -hmm. a long time ago, a lot of inner child stuff as well. Mm -hmm. And... And she was really like, well, let's go in and have a look when you're on the table. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't believe the healing that took place in those Mm -hmm. sessions so deep. I believe it. (laughs) I know. But I was like I'd never had a Reiki session before. I didn't know what it was about. And then here I am on this table and the most profound healing experiences started to happen so i was like tell me more about this to my reiki master at the time and and well she still is and she said right this is something that you're very connected to and um then i went on and yeah started to study so um i yeah i love it i just I do too. yeah it's so beautiful and
0: Yeah,
1: if you haven't had Reiki, go and go and explore this. It's just that's right.
0: Did you hear that, everyone? If you haven't had Reiki, explore (laughs) it. Especially if you're one of my friends who listens to the podcast who's never had Reiki before. (laughs) Yeah, go figure. um I got I was introduced to meditation and Reiki around the same time in my life, so I don't know which to attribute it to. But I always say both of them together literally changed my life so ah, oh, so yeah. true yeah and how long have you been um I started uh, it's funny that you say that because one of my certificates is is right in front of me um but I got my master teacher in 2017 but I started in maybe 2014 did you with, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah I was a master I was at the master level maybe in 2000. 15 but I didn't get the teacher one until 17 and then then I started teaching oh fantastic yeah I love teaching well you know what I've been a teacher almost my whole life so um it was just a natural progression to teach it now but I love I love giving Reiki is probably my favorite thing to do it um right now so oh
1: so yeah, good. yeah and th- yeah this is where I am now so last yeah, last year I decided I needed to know more and um, this beautiful lady Tracy Smith who I adore she was like well let's do your Reiki level one let's see how you go and um, yeah she's sort of you know supported me on that journey and and actually last, it just all kind of, you know, timing, divine timing, of course. Yeah. I passed away exactly this time last year. And wow. um, I met her and had had a couple of sessions and we were sort of connected. And then all of a sudden this, he his healthy. He had a, a health issue and within seven weeks he was gone.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry yeah it was that's also
1: very traumatic because it's so sudden it was it was really tough time and Reiki was such a beautiful way to navigate that grief I agree yeah so um I've just so thankful that I had that to
0: to help me heal yeah absolutely um, so listen, we're going to take a real quick break. But when we come back, I would love to for have to have you share a little bit about your coaching program. Maybe you can let people know um, what it's all about. And we'll talk about how they can reach you. Does that feel like That's a good it. idea? All right, we'll be back in just a sec. And we're back. Thank you so much for coming back with us. I'm sitting with Michelle Gordon. Remember she was here just a few minutes ago. Um, She's a registered nurse and has been for the past 24 years. Um, However, she had some ups and downs there as a nurse as can be expected given the nature of that job and all of the trauma that you are exposed to. Um, And in her journey of healing, she discovered Reiki and she's also an NLP practitioner and a life coach, which they go hand and hand, right? Yeah. 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 So I would love to share with the listeners um, how they can contact you and a little bit about your coaching program, because it sounds like it was based on your experiences. So can you give us a little um, snippet so you're not giving it all away (laughs) (laughs) and then let everyone know how they can get in touch with you if they connected to you While they're listening and they feel like they um would love to work with you so tell us a bit about your coaching program yeah um and how you came to all of that and then how people can get in touch with you if you don't mind thank you perfect so
1: from my own healing journey um i started to have people reaching out to me i they could see big big changes in how i looked i lost 12 kilos And what's that?
0: What's a kilo to a pound? Yeah. I I mean, I know what a kilo is. I just don't know how to translate it. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded really stupid. I'm sorry. You guys have pounds, don't you? So. Yeah, that's okay. I'm going to do the, I'm going to figure it out. Do the maths for us. (laughs) I will. That sounded so stupid. Oh, 12 kilo. Oh, it's almost 30 pounds. Wow. That's great. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, so um, I lost a lot of weight.
1: I, my skin started to look differently. I I started to show up in the emergency department differently and handle situations with so much clarity, Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. and awareness and ease. And everyone was commenting, like, my colleagues were like, What have you done? You're so different now, you look amazing. You have a whole different energy about you. What are you doing? And so they wanted to know, right? And then I had more people starting to reach out around me. And it. I spoke to um, a life coach myself and did a little bit of work with her. And she said, Michelle, I think you've got something to share with the world. Like, yeah. why don't you share this? And so it took me 12 months, but I wrote down and created a course based on the journey that I took myself on yeah and that was um covering all things about you know really finding ourselves again when we get a little lost in life we can you know mum life and then nurse life and all of the other titles I had I kind of forgotten who I was and what what was important to me, Um, a lot of mindset work, a a lot of limiting belief work. So I did a lot in that and really kind of identifying my subconscious programming and -hmm. and the deep subconscious stuff that was initially why I was working so hard in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I devised this program that covers all things, you know, physical, emotional, um, spiritual, mental, a really sort of holistic program, of course, and um, created that into an online course, as well as um, some live coaching. So that's what I do now. And I have, um, this is a 12-week program called the Health and Happiness Formula, and I um, work with. I've worked with so many beautiful women since 2020 when that course went live and in the coaching space and we do, they, they go through the program and I um, also coach them along that over the 12 weeks. So
0: that's fabulous. Um, So do you, do you do any kind of energy work with that or is it just mainly mindset? Like you said, mindset. There is some energy and energetic component in that
1: um and I do sort of teach more about energy I have another more intensive program which often and that's a one-to-one um called attract abundance because what I was finding that the women and this is typically what happened to me um would do this program and at the end of it they are in so much alignment and feel so good that they are starting to attract so many different opportunities their way and so much goodness their way and the the women were like what is going on Michelle I've got this new
0: job offer I've just had some money land in my bank account it's like the moment that you start taking care of yourself um, and putting yourself first before anything else all of this stuff is attracted to you because you're finally like you said in alignment with who you truly are and all the right things come definitely and that's what that's what I found and so yeah. it was like
1: that the, the flow of life and yeah. all its richness was 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 was, was blockage was kinked and now all of this goodness was starting to flow in and yeah you know i've had women that were on the verge of marriage breakdowns and that's not my thing like i'm like yeah. I'm not a relationship counselor and they were saying oh my gosh my husband and i have just reconnected we've yep. love again we've got happiness in our home and i'm like how is this
0: happening i knew how it was happening it was yeah the whole it's a byproduct of of taking care of yourself it's a byproduct of Uh, being aware and understanding of how you're feeling in any given moment you know because when you don't feel right then it's not right that's right you know yeah and when you start to feel good then it is right it's just that easy we just we just we just make it difficult don't we I think we 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 have
1: such complicated busy um distracted lives yes And I feel like this kind of just brings you back to full alignment. And so, um, yeah, so that's my course now. And I love it. And I love the women I get to work with, a lot of them are nurses,
0: but I also work with women who aren't nurses too. So yeah. yeah. Well, everyone needs it. Um, So tell everyone how they can get in touch with you. I know that you mentioned Instagram and I'll share that one. It is Michelle Gordon underscore coach. But I will put that in the podcast notes. But um, can you please can you please um, give everyone your website too? Yeah. So Instagram,
1: <laughs> you'll find me over there every day. I love um, Instagram and connecting with people there. I'm
0: and i will go also- follow you right now. I'm going there right oh, now. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, my website is thehealthyhappynurse.dotthinkific.dot.com, and I'm also on Facebook as the Healthy Happy Nurse as well.
0: So okay. Yeah. I'll write that down. The healthy, happy nurse. Great. So everyone who I almost just said boys and girls. That tells you how long I've been a kindergarten teacher. Um <laughs> so bad. So everyone listening, if you love Michelle's story, which how can you not? Anyone overcoming something so hard um, is, is super inspirational. If you love her story and you feel connected to her and you want to connect with her on social media. You can go right to Instagram. you can go right to Facebook. on Instagram, it's Michelle Gordon underscore coach On Facebook, it's the healthy happy Nurse. And her email, I'm sorry, website I will put in the podcast notes because it has an end part that was so confusing to me I don't. Want to- <laughs> I want to make sure that you guys get it right and you really are able to connect with her. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listener before I ask you my three questions? Oh, no, I'm just so honoured to be here and share
1: my story and, you know, if anyone is suffering out there who feels alone because I know I felt so alone, you're not alone and it's so hard to to make that first step. I get yeah. it. That was the hardest part in, in starting this healing journey.
0: Yeah. But
1: when you come to that acceptance and realisation,
0: that's yeah. the hardest ah right and then making a connection make sure you make a connection with someone Um, yeah because you're right the second that you don't feel alone don't feel isolated um and there is someone that you can rely on depend on confide in then you you it just opens up I think for you and maybe we'll start your own healing journey yes definitely yeah. All right. Here's our last three questions because Michelle got up at 4 a.m. I'm going to have to let her go soon. <laughs> okay. When you feel you're most peaceful, what is it that you're doing?
1: Mm, I would have to say at the gym, lifting weights. It's my,
0: it's my space. Hey? I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. And is there one book that you would recommend to maybe your clients or to anyone that potentially Maybe you read, and it, you would say it changed your life. If not, that's okay. If you're not a book person, some people don't like to read.
1: Uh, I've gone completely forgotten what this book is called,
0: but oh, I that's it. okay.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll be able to
0: tell you in just a second. Um um, 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 I've got it here. Don't worry about it. Take your time. You had no idea I was going to ask. Oh, the Resilience Project by Hugh Cullenberg. Oh. Do you know that one? No, I'm writing it down. All right, thank you. Yeah, really beautiful book. I like that. Because we are, I think we're all born very resilient. But, you know, it depends on how many things we've been through. Yeah. <laughs> that Resilience can get torn down. And so it's important to stay strong. Um, but also rest when you have to, you know. Uh, I don't want to want people to think that I'm telling them that they can't rest or take care of themselves but being resilient is important yeah and And does it teach you about resilience what is that book about um it's very much about practicing
1: gratitude empathy and mindfulness so that's the yeah it's (laughs) really good and and it said you know when you use these things you are more resilient and it's not pushing and and hustling it's coming from different place
0: yeah perfect oh I love that all right last question if money wasn't an object what would you be doing Mm. what would I be
1: doing I you know I just love helping people like obviously I'm a nurse (laughs) and now I help help women in the coaching space that to me is I I could just do this all day every day and connect with women and and help them and and the when I see my clients have breakthroughs and those aha moments
0: yeah yeah,
1: that's just the most exciting fulfilling thing ever so I reckon I just coach all day
0: (laughs) yeah no kidding no and, and do Reiki do Reiki and coach all day <laughs> Reiki. So,
1: yeah, my Reiki journey is just starting as a practitioner so
0: yeah watch oh, this. good luck with that I think it's going to be fabulous um and you know uh that how you feel when you're at the gym you'll feel that way every time you give someone Reiki because it's just such a magical experience so I hope you enjoy it I'm excited And thank you, thank you so much for coming on and getting up so early to be able to talk with us. I really appreciate it. Brittany's going to be sad, she missed this one. Um, So she better listen. Thank
1: you, Elizabeth.
0: (laughs) Thank you and everyone else, I will be back for just a quick sec in a moment. If you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops and life coaching support, Check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. And here I am. I am back. Just came back to say one more time, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited that you enjoy this podcast and keep coming back for more. We can't wait to see you next time. But until then, may you be happy, healthy, safe, and live a life that's filled with ease. Thank you. Bye.